Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm uh, hanging out. Tuesday, wishing I was on the road, but uh, yeah, it's not not doing too bad. How about yourself, Hudson? I'm good. Just uh, trying to make it through the week. Seems like uh, every week's just another week at home. But uh, no, it's been a good week. Had a lot to do. Got a lot done. Was able to finish up the rack uh, for the street triple. So we got that going. I just need to paint it up and, and get it thrown on the bike. I powder coated all the brackets, all the spacers, everything it needs for mounting. Uh, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Got some parts and the rest of my, uh, rear engine parts in for the gladiator build. You can start cleaning up and reassembling that whole piece. Nice. Uh, the ball's ball's rolling on everything. It's going pretty good. Had a, a interesting conversation with a buddy who, uh, a gentleman who's running a uh, a sprinter van. It's actually not a sprinter, but it's the the Dodge Ram Promaster uh, conversion into sleeper vans. Um, and he's interested in possibly having a, a custom scrambler type uh, type bike made. So we're starting that mm-hmm. conversation. So. I, I'm excited. Things are going pretty well. I think uh, it sounds like things are kind of moving back in normal direction, despite all of the everything that's been happening over the last few months in different facets of life. But uh, people are kind of trying to get back into the norm, and I see that kind of happening for myself. I don't know if that's just nature of what's happening around me or if I'm pushing for it myself, but it's nice to uh, to see a little bit more progress, spend a little bit more time, and, and find a a better work-life balance as things are normalizing. Well, that's pretty awesome to hear that uh, there might be something in the works for a build. I, was, I think that could be quite a bit of fun. I, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for the idea. Either way, I'll, I'll probably help and, and consult, even if you just kind of is picking up a, a dual sport or something just already done and ready to go. It really depends on what he's looking for. If it's more personal or more for work, I think he's got to figure out what he wants to do. Um, for that, you know, if he wants it to be a, a personal ride that he just throws on the back for fun, or if he wants it to be a show bike that he, he brings around with him as he takes the van to different uh, shows and, and events. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, nonetheless, it's always fun. He's a new rider. So it's always fun to talk to new riders, get him excited and, and be a part of that anyway. So, so does he have a motorcycle as of yet? He does not. In fact, uh, doesn't have the endorsement either. Looking for both, kind of somebody just getting into the game. I feel like that's that's all around me these days. Are people getting getting into the riding game? I think that's a great place to be. Kind of reminds me of another story that we were uh, chatting about offline yesterday regarding uh, uh, Promo Bell. That's right. Those of us uh, that have listened to a number of episodes no promo bell pretty personally and uh he finally got his endorsement so uh i think we owe a big slacker moto congrats to promo bell okay hit the cheer button that was a lot of cheering wow i know people are stoked (laughs) 
no, it sounds like uh, he, you know, it was good timing. Uh, unfortunately, if it hadn't been for our current pandemic situation, it sounds like he would have had to have redone the uh, Team Oregon. It had expired, but fortunately, they extended it due to the current circumstances. So, way to get that done, uh, Promo Bell. Looking forward to having you back on the radio and seeing what you're going to advertise for us next. I agree. I'm, I'm sure it'll be whatever bike he picks up. He'll be uh, all about, it'll be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, since we're on the topic, did he mention anything about a bike that he's going to be getting or what he's doing? I know you're the one that talked to him last. And I feel like we need to get him on for all this, but uh, he's, I'll just leave it at, so he can have the exciting conversation of what it is. He is definitely looking at a couple of bikes. He sent me a few options that he's looking at and uh, looks like the ball is rolling to, uh, to put, a fun two-wheeled vehicle in his garage. Like a Kimco or a Vespa, I assume? Nah, I think he's better than that. He'll, uh... Well, no, he'll no, I can't diss that. You can't put down people that have those. Come on, now. I've owned one. I've owned uh, the Kimco. I know, I know. I'm just saying that it's not a matter of being better. You're just saying something bigger that you can actually do a little bit more with it, right? I'm just making sure we're clear here. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're so non-confrontational. It's boring. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, he was actually looking at some pretty big bikes, things that, uh, you know, probably would have left me in some dangerous situations when I first started riding. So, uh, okay. Hayabusa, V Max, something like that. Not quite that big, but 900s, 900 triples, some, some different things. So, we'll let him talk about what he's picking, especially once he's picked one. He can kind of go through his thought process of buying your first bike because, uh, I think talking to someone who is in the midst of it and just doing it will be the best thing we can get. So we'll have that here coming up in the future once he makes a decision and, and pulls the trigger on something. I think he uh, he might be waiting for the economy, either for a screaming deal on Craigslist or the economy to, to pick back up before he spent you know drops a load of cash on, on a new car. Okay, that's fair. I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what he does and getting him on here and talking about it. I, I agree. I, I'm excited for him. He he uh, texted me the second he got it, his endorsement, and uh, I gave him a call to see what was going on. And yeah, he's excited. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to have him on a couple of these rides and get him out on the street with us. It'll be a lot of fun. He's a he's a riot of a person, so it'll be fun. Okay, okay. And then you'd kind of so so you've got that going on. Maybe something coming up in the near future with uh, with the build off. We got people getting their endorsements. I don't know if we mentioned this, but somebody that got their bike had a had a major blowout on the Buell, unfortunately. And I don't know if we were trying to avoid talking about it, but I threw it out on the air. And so it sounds like he's looking at getting something new as well. Looking at getting something different, uh, not just new, but different. And that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about. So good segue. Nice. He, uh, yeah. He, he was looking at a couple of different bikes, but right now it looks like there's a, a big interest amongst him and his dad's got an endorsement and has been uh, riding fairly, only fairly recently as well. They're looking to get more into the go up in the mountains and tear up dirt roads game. So he's looking at KLRs. Now, I know somebody with a KLR. Oh. Would you ever be interested in a multi-day adventure run on your 250? Oh, for sure. I think that suits exactly what that bike would do really well at. I mean, it wouldn't do well as good on long adventure um, cruising trips across the U.S. Not that it couldn't do it, just 
would not be that great. But somewhere, you know, driving across Eastern Oregon and checking out some different things, maybe doing one of these uh, back road discovery routes like we've talked about in the past even. I think it would be pretty cool for that. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Are they looking at putting something like that together or are you just saying hypothetically? I don't know if they're looking to put any multi-day or or big, big adventures like that, but I think they're looking to be able to to drive up to, you know, Mount Hood and run a lot of the trails there, the Barlow or whatever's out there to run up, you know, different areas and just run back roads. Uh, They were watching, uh, I know this was a video that I had seen after I bought my Triumph Scrambler, but there's a a Scrambler video out there. I believe it was, uh, I can't remember which which magazine put it on, so I'm not going to advertise for the wrong one. But uh, it was basically Ducati Scrambler and a Triumph Scrambler just out tearing it up in Colorado. And it's a, it's a fun video. A couple things break off because both bikes are definitely more street-oriented than, than dirt-oriented. But they were, I mean, pushing them pretty hard and doing some pretty extreme stuff. Because, you know, although they're street-oriented street oriented and have maybe some heavier bits, we're still fully capable of, of doing what they needed to do out there if you're willing to push it and, and risk a little bit more instability than ride a dirt bike or something like that. But they were looking at some videos like that. They've been kind of, um, they've got that YouTube excitement where they've seen a few people doing similar rides and, and they want to get into that. And so my thought on the matter was um, that right now the market for ADV bikes, I know we talked about this a lot last week. Um, so if you want to kind of hear our, our conversation on the trend towards smaller bikes, check out last week's episode, uh, 64, I believe. But uh, nonetheless, this... Uh, this trend I see in the ADV especially is towards these smaller bikes. If you look at a lot of the adventure bikes of the past for, you know, the GS 1200 or big 1190 adventure bikes from KTM. And if you were going to do a multi-day trip or a big adventure, you know, the, the market would have you believe historically that you need these big thousand CC and bigger bikes. But, you know, you start seeing what everybody's coming out with. And you've got, you know, the Street Scrambler from Triumph, which is just, you know, an iteration of the Triumph of the Scrambler 900. But you have the uh, the new Tenere 700 coming out from Yamaha. You know, you've got the CB500X that uh, that Honda's been doing. There's a lot of these mid-range, middleweight bikes that are coming out to really push this highway-type adventure bike. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we're talking about it, you're talking about your, your KLR. And I, I think that's exactly what that's suited for, but maybe not necessarily the highway heavy, but but dirt heavy adventure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's nice and light. It's relatively light. I mean, it's not a dirt bike. It's not a dedicated dirt bike where they're just stupid light, which is awesome. But uh, I, it, it would do really well for that. And, I, you know, I'm in the middle of kind of, not only am I doing the top end work, but I'm kind of cleaning it up a little bit. And I think I'm going to change up how it, how it looks a little bit. I think you might be a little bit surprised. I've already started that process. So it's not quite going to be full on scrambler by any means, but kind of just customizing it for me, making it stand out a little bit of something slightly different. So um, I think that something like that could be pretty cool. I, I know that it sounds like they're looking at the six KLR 650. And I kind of mentioned this last uh time as well that i think it might be a little bit might be a little bit big but it just depends on how you're going to ride it right and I, and I think that when we first started doing these episodes one of the things that i talked about wanting to get into was no more than like 400 cc's 500 cc's trying to be a little bit on the smaller end just because i enjoy that so much especially if on a on a dual sport or a multi-purpose bike 
being able to really use it a little bit more off-road. Not so much for heavy-duty motocross jumps or anything like that, but just being able to have it handle it. Now, there's a lot of things that can go into that, and they can make a KLR an awesome performer, and they obviously do really well for a lot of the people that do adventure riding, but uh, I guess it just depends on how they want to use it. If it's mostly for show, mostly for the street, and they're just going to go down a few gravel roads, I think it could be pretty awesome, but just depends. Yeah, I think just for, you know, exploring and, and finding those back roads, especially, yeah, like you said, dirt gravel roads, just burning up fire trails and, and things that are, are used by vehicles, right, by your normal trucks and, and you know, light off-road vehicles. Uh, you know, really any bike with knobby tires can handle that. It just really, your suspension depends on how fast you can go through it. Uh, you know, it's when you start getting to single track and some of the you know, rock hopping and different things that become a little bit more complicated and technical that you need maybe the dirt bike suspension or the dual sports suspension can handle that as well you know realistically i was kind of talking to these guys about it i mean you could end up with old cbs or anything like that you can make them a scrambler and if all you're doing is tearing up back roads and and uh you know fire trails or or just dirt roads up on the hills then you don't need too much you can really cut your costs and you don't need the high-end suspension so it's well, you got to think uh, about it, though. Those frames weren't really designed for that. And the problem with if you start going off-road and you really start getting into that, even if you're on the main gravel roads, there's always that, oh, look at that Jeep trail. Or look at that. I could just go up this just a little ways. I just want to see what it looks like. And then you end up putting yourself in those predicaments where even if the shock and the coilover, let's say, are not really suited for it, the frame probably is not at all. They were not designed to be going down those kind of roads. So it's something that you need to at least consider if you're going to be going down that route. Absolutely. And, you know, and you can gusset for that and you can help support that. But at the same point, you know, it, it really depends on what you're looking to do. Because uh, I'm into that point. That, that's what dual sports do. And, and any, without an extreme amount of money dumped into it, any street bike trying to become an off-road bike is just not going to live up to the chops unless you really dump a lot of cash into it. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it, you got to play that game. You got to, you got to play the scales and figure out what you want. But at the same point, you know, the lower weight, the smaller displacement, these bikes that we're talking about really do a better job of it because, you know, you don't need the, when your bike weighs 150 pounds less, you don't really need as much support, right? You can get by with the same frame. And so, to your point, I think there's a little bit of a benefit and an advantage to the lighter weight. You can have a suspension that's a little bit more of a jack-of-all-trades when you're not hauling around 700 pounds. Right. So it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting game, but, uh, but that's kind of one thing that, as I was talking to the, you know, our buddy with the Buell, as we were looking at what he's looking for now, you know, I, I got to thinking about the, these markets. You know, the KLR 650s no longer you know, that, that bike in the market and, uh, they're going to come out with something. We don't really know exactly what yet, what they're going to come out, whether it'll be more adventure or more dual sport. We're not sure, but you look at that and it is the fastest growing market in the U S yeah. uh, people want these adventure bikes. And quite frankly, I don't think it's because, I mean, I think a lot of it is the idea of adventure, but I don't think most of the owners are going on adventures. I think it's because it's a bike that's comfortable and can really do anything. Yeah, it's an upright bike and decent stance, maybe a little bit tall for some that uh, may be a little bit more vertically challenged, but uh, but I think that some of that's kind of manageable. Unfortunately, changing the suspension 
to reduce its height kind of affects its ride quality as well, but that's beside the point. But uh, I think that it's just the versatility. It's like, oh, I want a motorcycle. Well, this sounds kind of cool. Well, this also sounds pretty good. Well, what do, you know, as far as the different types, riding off-road versus on the street, well, what if I go adventure? Then I can do anything I want, right? And so you're opening this door. You're leaving a door open to being able to go out and actually do those things if you decide you want to, right? And there's a lot of different aftermarket add-ons for those kind of bikes as far as customization and lights and levers and pegs and whatever else you can think of. So it's uh, I can see why a lot of people would gravitate towards that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and especially as you're getting into motorcycling, I mean, it kind of goes back into the, you know, your, your generic Japanese motorcycle of the 80s, right? It, it kind of can do anything. It's not really purpose built for one specific tool, at least your lower cost adventure bikes. It's, you know, it's made to be able to kind of handle a little bit of everything and, and you can take it and do whatever you want with it. Sure. So I, I see that in it. I, I think that's a really cool option there, that especially they're kind of looking at it to tear up the back roads, but also in the idea of having kind of their own custom bikes that aren't like everyone else's. And there is an option there to, to customize that, even if it's as simple as lights and, and, you know, new pegs and bars or whatever it is, similar to what you're talking about. There's basic low end, simple adjustments and, and things you can make to really make it yours. But I see the adventure market continuing to grow, especially as the manufacturers have decreased the, uh, the engine size to, to kind of match a lot of newer riders, you know, I, mm. that's, that's the market that's growing. Older riders are, you know, those of us that have got a few years under our belts have tended to migrate at least statistically into that kind of bike. Um, but now, you know, they're starting younger with these smaller bikes that of course, with a smaller bike comes a smaller price tag, which helps uh, entice, you know, a new rider to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's right on. So I, I just find it interesting that, uh, you know, that I know, what basically three newer one of them you know not quite even riding one of them pretty friggin new and one of them that's ridden a little while but kind of new to owning his own bike um you know three people separately now that are kind of looking at that style of bike as a you know not necessarily first bike but first few bikes in their uh, on their you know their notches of of bikes that they've owned over their life so it's a early experience type bike is going to be that kind of bike. So it's, uh, you know, I think that's cool. I think it goes to show a lot about what those of us that are riding can do to influence the world. Right. And you look at, uh, uh, and a lot of this started as watching a video or seeing pictures and thinking, Hey, that is cool. I want to do that in life. You know, if we share what we're doing and we take the opportunity to, to be positive about the experience of motorcycling and share you know, positive experiences with the cars around us or the people that we talk to, you know, we can really help one, build our own community, but two, uh, you know, make motorcycling a much more accepted and, and safe experience. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really awesome that they're getting into it. I think that I, you know, and I've mentioned this earlier, but I'm more excited about the build aspect and being able to jump into one of those bikes. I mean, I kind of looked online looking at just KLR uh, 650 scramblers and uh, they've got a good look i can understand why somebody would get into it i mean there's been some good builds out there and i just i'd like to see what happens once you do one i 
I know that you kind of have a little bit of an addictive personality in some instances, especially around motorcycles, vehicles of any kind. Kind of like to collect them as well, but we'll leave that out of the picture. But uh, I, if these guys get into it and they start riding off-road, do you foresee yourself jumping into that same market and buying one yourself then? I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think at least the people I know kind of have, I don't know that we necessarily run in the same circles, but uh, that's not to say that we couldn't. So it's an interesting thought. I don't know that by default it would happen, but if, uh, if the invites came or some opportunities came up, I've, it's always been on the list. I think that's fun. That's why I bought my Triumph Scrambler to start with was the idea sure. that it would be really fun to, you know, just go down a dirt road and after a long street ride, but I kind of found myself enjoying the street just as much. And if I wanted to ride dirt, I brought the dirt bike. So I found myself migrating away from it, but I can see the benefit of it. And to your point, having others with you really makes that a more enjoyable experience. So I think, you know, if they're getting that as you get your KLR built, if you're still oriented more towards, you know, what the KLR 250 was, right. Kind of a dual sport adventure bike. I can see myself getting into that that game a lot more. So, I, you know, there's an appeal there that that even though I don't own one, I definitely feel. So when do you think you'll have your KLR done? I just don't know. I got to buy the parts. <laughs> Since we're talking about it, and you're trying to convince me to get one. Got to let me tear yours up and down the dirt roads. I know. I know. I just need to get it done. All right, right now, it's been working on the on the pickup and... Kind of cleaning up some stuff there, relatively cheap to get some gaskets and do that and keep that moving forward. So that's kind of been the intent is kind of focus on where we are as a family and try to kind of keep our budgets in line. I know that we've mentioned this many times, but for us, it's kind of affected us uh, decently enough that we need to manage what we're doing and where we're spending money. And that's unfortunate because I wanted to buy these parts and I'm tired of saying that. And I'm sure that I get mocked regularly on this occasion, especially from, um, what a chicken hawk. So, uh, uh, you know, eventually it'll get done. Just not when I want it to be. So that's fair. That, that sounds like a lot of home projects and, and things like that, that I've got. So, I understand it, but uh, yeah, I got to say that that uh, seeing that that growing, maybe not growing market, but seeing those in our in our area and the influence around us growing in that type of bike, I could see uh, some opportunities to go, you know, down a, a multi day ride. That's what kind of why I started the conversation is is I, that's the appeal I see in the adventure market. It's not necessarily to go spend a half day you know, ride down to a dirt road, spend a half day on a dirt road and ride back. Uh, at that point, like I said, I'll bring the truck, park it at the edge of the dirt road and ride the dirt bike. But it's the uh, opportunity to throw a little bit of luggage on the back and disappear down a dirt road for three or four days and then come back that I really yeah, see. Yeah, I think in. you say that you would just throw it in a truck, but you're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. The point is, is you don't have to deal with the truck. You just ride out there. And you get on it and that if you see another road, you can go down it. There's no limitations on where you can go. You just do it. And that's the appeal. Because sure, you, why even go to a regular dirt road? Why don't you just go to a dirt pipe, dirt uh, dirt track somewhere like Jones Creek or, or whatever and, and ride there instead? 
of going out up on Mount Hood. But hey, you could go out on Mount Hood. You could go up to some to Lost Lake. You can go out to different locations that you don't normally want to take a truck, even though it could go there. But you could leave your house and you could head all the way out and head all the way home all in one and have a great day. I, for me, having to deal with putting it in the truck and everything else, although it's not that big of a deal, it's just it is. You have to plan more instead of just getting on your bike and saying, I'm going to go and then being out for nine hours and coming home. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. We'll see someday. Or you could just turn one of those ITs, JTs into something like this. I mean, that's a that's possibility. You could also just plate your Husky and take that. I could do the same thing. There's a, a setup for the uh, the 360, the KTM 360, that you can get it street legalized and, and go that route, especially at where I'm at. I can get that approved pretty quick. Yeah, in Washington, it's really easy for you to get something plated. Yeah, I don't have an interest in going long distance on two strokes. Nobody said that you had to go long distance. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you drive out to uh, Mount Hood, you're now already burned a tank of gas just to get there. It's the end of the world. Just saying. Two strokes are a different game. I do like the four-stroke idea, though. I mean, having a KLR or DR, the more adventure-oriented, or I guess off-road-oriented version of these adventure bikes definitely appeals to me yeah a, a good 650 i can see the uh the inherent value of that in in the world whether it's a drxr klr but your opportunity to be able to do highway no problem and then also go off-road but you know I, even the midweights the 400s and the, the 350s are pretty good with that so yeah yeah well if you get a klr 650 you'll have to do the thing above and the doohickey, and I think there's a couple other modifications that have some funky names on it. So uh, <laughs> look it up if, you, if you're if you a little confused by that. Those are actual terms that people use regularly for those uh, modifications that are needed but uh, and, and regularly done on those bikes. But I think that's kind of the case for a lot of them. But I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys end up doing and what you end up doing as a result once you actually start doing this build because I'm going to believe that you're going to end up doing it and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the build. Uh, you know, I've got enough other projects under the uh, Slacker Moto umbrella right now that I don't need to throw my own personal one underneath it for the time being. However, I will say the Gladiator's making some some legway, and I expect this summer to be riding it based on the current path. So wiring. Wiring is coming up. That's my next big hurdle is rewiring the whole bike. Oh, you're more than capable of getting that done. I know, it's just a lot. It can it's, be a lot uh, of time. I, it's, it, it. I understand that it takes time to do anything. Fortunately, it's an eighty-one, or so. Uh, there's not too many systems to worry about. Cut out the redundancies. Cut out some things I don't necessarily need to report back to the new gauge, and uh, it'll be simple enough. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to it. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll definitely keep you in the loop. As to, uh, you know, any progression on whether, one, I'm building a bike, or two, what happens with these guys and, and uh, where they're at with, with motorcycling. Still got to get everybody in one room, but uh, that it really requires the opportunity to have everybody in one room, which I think is quickly coming. So we'll, uh, we'll have more conversations there. Also want to just make mention that as things are opening up throughout the, the country, really, uh, some areas are already open, but uh, keep an eye out for your local demo rides. Uh, that's something I've really 
with all these people that are getting into motorcycling, I keep recommending that they keep an eye out for demo rides. Some are being canceled. Some are still going. But check your local dealer. Uh, give them a call or check their website, and you should be able to see if manufacturers coming by. And you can get a free opportunity to, to ride a bike for a couple, you know, a good half hour or so. Uh, and just at least get a feel for, for a number of different bikes. Because uh, whether you've ridden for forever or whether you're brand new to it, there's a lot of benefit, value, and fun in that. Oh, for sure. Now, I know that you sent out an invite to me, but what what are what's the local one? At least there was two of them, one in Salem, one in Vancouver. What dates were those? So, coming up next week, I think it's the 16th and the 20th, um, there are Indian motorcycles are doing rides, uh, both yeah, up here in Vancouver at ProCal and then down at uh, in Salem, and I'm drawing a blank on Cycle the dealer country. name. Cycle Country, thank you. Um, however, I they're both still on the websites, and they're both still posted, but they're not being blasted out on Facebook and things like I would usually see. So it's still a little up in the air as far as I can tell. Um, mm. They're not actively advertising. They just haven't removed the original notices. So I'm curious whether they'll happen, but I'm definitely interested. On, the one at ProCal is a midweek, so an evening or afternoon uh, ride up there to get on a bike is sounds very uh, very good. I'd like to get on the FTR. Really see what that's like. Understand the new Challenger motors, uh, as well as any ride on a Scout's a good ride. Well, you haven't done it yet, and I know. Uh, I'm kind of holding that over your head because uh, I think you really missed out. So it may not be your dream bike after you ride it, but I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I totally believe you. I think as uh, as that's small cruisers go. No, I really do. As small cruisers go, that's definitely on the top of my list. I mean, I, I think I've got that above the Sportster, so. Right. You're going to invite Chicken Hawk? I think he's interested in coming. He'd like to see it, but uh, it really depends on his schedule as well. Vancouver's a lot further away from him, similar to where it is from you. Okay. Yeah, well, if I, if I end up, that is kind of a tough one because I'm working at the office, but it does put me a little bit closer. That's right. No excuse. Maybe get out there. We'll see. Work remotely from there. Isn't that what everybody else is doing? <laughs> I said it as a joke, but I'm seriously considering it now. <laughs> it's always like an hour between bikes because you can't, you know, you can't check out every hour slot. You have to re-sign up after you've gone. So, well, you'll have to do. Uh, we'll do a mobile office. Bring the yeah. expedition, or and we'll camp out in that and work. I may be. Uh, putting together some logistics to make this happen. Right. I'll be there all day. You're gonna <laughs> find me. I'll, I'll be in the, uh, the silver expedition parked in Procal parking lot all day. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It is weird that it's in the middle <laughs> of the week, but uh, whatever. Well, and hopefully it still happens. Like I said, I, I haven't seen anything very current on the promotion of it, but uh, we'll check and, and uh, I guess, It'll be the week this is released, so uh, hopefully it happens. Check before you go. That's all I'm going to say. Call or, or check the site before you leave. Yeah, tomorrow, apparently, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I started today on the release <laughs> of this. Yeah. This whole pre-recording thing. We're, we're real good at this podcast. 65 episodes in, we're still figuring it out. <sighs> Thank you for your patience. We love you guys. <laughs> that being said, seriously, thank you all. 
appreciate you listening. And, and of course, same place. Check us out on Facebook, Patreon. Uh, you've heard it before, uh, unless you're new, and then you can go there anyway. But uh, <laughs> we appreciate it. I uh, hope everybody's having a great week as weather's getting better across the nation. Hopefully across the world, things are cleaning up and getting better and everybody can get out more. Take that time and do it and enjoy your week. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.